is the podcast that has flown too close to the sun and we've been burned so many times because it's the Bennett Brothers podcast for the new Marvel movie, Eternals. And I'm Jerry Bennett. And I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us. Or we could be talking about the the way I labeled it in my notes, the externals. Man, when they fight with the internals, it's going to be crazy. Yikes. Thank you for joining us, though. We're going to spoil the heck out of the latest Marvel movie. Hope you've seen it. If you haven't, go see it and then come back and join the conversation. Facebook.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast. Twitter at Bennett Bros Pod. Send us an email, Bennett Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We just yeah. put up a Patreon. Oh, we did just put up a Patreon, but we're not going to talk about that. So go over there and listen to it. Patreon.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast. It's a mini cast for the mini Nope, we're not allowed to talk about it. One of our patrons paid us some money and they said, do not mention it anymore. Well, that price is going to have to go up then. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're here to talk about the movie Eternals. But before we do, I just want to mention briefly, this Friday is Disney Plus Day, which is supposed to have a bunch of movie trailers and TV show trailers and all sorts of stuff coming out. Uh, supposedly an Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, maybe something for Cassie and And for the Andor show. Marvel stuff here, there, everywhere. I'll probably see something from Ms. Marvel, maybe even something from She-Hulk. We don't know, Uh I'm excited about it. But the one thing they did announce was they're going to take at least 15 of the Marvel movies. I don't know if you heard this. And they're going to now be able to watch them in the IMAX ratio. Ooh. So I did not what that, that means is when you, everybody and everybody and their brother has a 16 by 9 aspect ratio television set in their house. That's what normal television ratios are. And then the movies are various degrees of widescreen bars on the top and the bottom and whatnot but when IMAX they basically shoot these things bigger and what it boils down to is now when you watch Iron Man, Avengers Endgame Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp it will now fill your screen, you're not zooming in, you're actually getting more footage so that's kind of interesting They the one of the the Russo brothers was one talking about it. He had a little video online and he talks about how four of his the four films that they shot were all on IMAX but they're not actually showing Captain America Civil uh, Winter Soldier is not one of the movies. So they're like, we shot all our four of them. And then he goes, including our films, Avengers, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, Captain America, Civil War. And I'm like, that's Captain America Civil War. You Someone screwed up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I've double-checked and triple-checked. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not Winter Soldier. So awkward. But I'm excited to kind of watch some of these films this way. Yeah, no, that's another reason to rewatch these movies because you can. All these movies are rewatchable. So that's all I wanted to talk about that. Uh, no other information that I need to talk about. You? No, I mean, we've got more trailers for Hawkeye and it looks great. Excited. We'll be talking about that next, I think, right? Unless something happens on Disney Day. But Yeah. The Eternals, the eternal movie that's been destined to come out for almost two years now it feels like this is the 26th film in the marvel cinematic universe directed by chloe Zhao, famed director of woman takes a dump in a bucket whatever oh god you know what i hated that no man land never gonna watch it oh i hated it it won best picture (laughs) like it was so so this is the new movie that's out there's been all sorts of politicking aside with oh, so much politics so silly you know it's the, interesting. Mo- the movie has made money at the box office it's people don't know has it done a lot has it done a little nobody knows they try to talk about china china doesn't really 
add into it. Uh, China did though. Snake Eyes did open up in China. Seven people saw it. Oh, good, That's good. It. But no, yeah, the uh, the Eternals movie. is actually made uh, a fairly good box office. All things considered, <laughs> twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, we call it all things considered box office, and so it's done okay. I went online and I was looking at because the, they talk about the critics and all that, and I went on to Rotten Tomatoes, and obviously this is an interesting film. The critics are at like forty six percent, the the public is at eighty six percent, so there's a huge disparity between the critics and the the audience reviews. But what's the cinema score? So, I, anyways, I, I'm like, wait a minute here. I want to know. I want to look at these the critics' reviews, and I want to see how they reviewed the other Marvel movies. So I spent about ten minutes trying to do this. That's about nine. That's minutes ten too minutes long. too long because I was like, "Oh, this sucks. I don't want to do this." Because <laughs> there's no easy way to search for, uh, like Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun Times, his reviews on all the Marvel movies, and I want to see if you know these critics are. Do they generally think Marvel movies are bad? Do they generally think they're good, and this is a bad one? I want to. I want to. Give me your your whole view of Marvel in general because I'm willing to bet more often than not they think Marvel movies are bad. They probably think something like Shang-Chi is good. They probably think Black Panther is good. They probably think Avengers Endgame is good. But I would bet overall they're like, no, these are bad films. And so if, that, if that's their thought process, mm-hmm. and again, I could be wrong, but I bet there are some people like this. If that's their thought process, I don't want their opinion. And we talked about this way back in the day, you and I, like – if you have a critic, what I want them to do in their critique is compare it to a movie they liked. And Say, if I like that movie, movie, and this is a bad movie, and if opinion. I agree with that opinion, then I will listen to your critic take on it. But if I disagree with that opinion, then your opinion doesn't mean something to me. That is probably all I want to talk about with the critics. No problem. Again, this is the 26th film. We are in Phase 4, but this is actually the seventh installment of the Phase 4, of Marvel's Phase 4. WandaVision, Loki. Falcon the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. And I is Spider Spider-Man? No, that was the last That's of the last of the yeah. movies. Maybe they're counting What If. Oh, What If, yeah. Or and you can also say Venom if you Oh god, really, no one's going to say that. If you really feel like it. I mean, we could talk about Morb. We didn't talk about Morbius. That trailer looks fantastic. It looks okay. Except looks for the fact than... that Sony does that thing where it goes, hey, you want to see all the cool secrets? We're going to reveal them yeah. right now to you. Garbage. All right. Let's talk about Eternals. And uh, again, as Joel said at the beginning, we are going to spoil this movie. Uh, there was, uh, I, I didn't have anything spoiled except for one thing, and that was just a casting at the end for the mid credit scene, but I didn't know what that actor was playing. Uh, as soon as I heard that, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I heard like, why did somebody, god dang it, you know, and someone said it on another podcast moron and uh you know luckily i didn't hear who he was playing and i was excited to see it so yeah jerry and i i saw this on thursday jerry saw it yesterday on sunday Sunday. so and jerry knows my opinion a little bit do i but i yeah because i said it's your wife because we talked about the length of it and i was like oh i wasn't paying attention uh, i don't know you don't pay attention but i don't know jerry's opinion on this at all and i'm really excited to hear what you think (laughs) about this movie jerry what do you think about what do you think about this movie i'm i uh Let's think about this here now. This do you do you go by? There's a lot of factors involved. I have to first off. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to make these movies, reviewing the movies, and what they are, and not what I want them to be or think they should be, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I don't have this much connection to Eternals. I have a very very small collection of Eternals comics. There was the Neil, Neil Gaiman series that came out a few years ago that was written by, or I'm sorry, drawn by John Romita Jr. Uh, and they actually took 
elements from that and put it in this movie. But other than that, I don't have a lot of Eternals books. That, and, and quite honestly, most people don't because they haven't made that many because it's not very popular. Uh, which is interesting because when, when a certain character betrays, if you want to will, or a reveal in this movie, if you were a fan of these characters, that might be a huge blow up. It'd be like taking the character of Jim Phelps from Mission Impossible and saying he's the bad guy. <laughs> Nothing's that one. bad. So, but again, nobody really cares that much about the Eternals. They just don't. So it, it gives you a little uh, a wide berth to move things around and kill characters off and go, oh no, not Gilgamesh. We were so close. Not Ajax. I thought the movie was entertaining. I was enthralled. It's it's long in the fact that there are parts that you could take 20 minutes out of the movie and tighten it and you wouldn't lose anything. Or you could take those 20 minutes and maybe spend those 20 minutes with some other characters who get short shifted. Uh, Flash Lady. I can't believe I don't know her name. It's so funny. You don't know all the character names. Um, Makari. Yeah, this is a tough one, man. I think about how, like going to, hey, Jerry, you won't know all the superhero names in this movie. I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of forget them. Uh, I thought it was good. I One thing I did really like was I did not know where the story was going. At any point, I was like, well, this is what normally happens here. And you, even if you don't say it out loud, you think it. And I'm like, no, I don't know what's going to happen here. Oh, my God, they killed off Salma Hayek's Ajax character. Did not see that. but Early. But I'm Early okay with that. Too. And then, I, and then of course, in the whole movie, I kept going, oh, but in the trailer, they show her on a horse. Okay, so it's going to show up in a flashback and I'm like and you then it, like stop watching trailers then the movie kind of like kept going a long ways I'm like oh my god was that scene cut no but here it comes but that was that was surprising and I, I I enjoyed that I enjoyed that there was no real character that you you were you were in love with and the characters I knew going into this show was Icarus most famous eternal uh Cersei who's actually she was an avenger for the longest time so that's why she's well known Droog who's actually Mostly a villain, Eternal. Mostly a villain. And then the character of Sprite, which I believe Sprite in the comics is a male character, and I think they gender swept, swapped out. Mm-hmm. So that way they had five men and five women. And I believe Sprite is a villain in the comics. Well, it, or it, at least it's, one it, of the arcs. It, it, it's, it's kind of, yes. Yeah, that was in the one I was telling about, the Neil Gaiman one. But there's a new Eternals out now that I've read a few issues, and it just did not draw me in but they reinvented the characters but i believe that they changed uh, the gender of sprite so that now there are five and five as opposed to six men and four women that's fine mm-hmm. uh and before i forget i will say that i do think very cleverly with the character of sprite with what they do there at the end mm-hmm. i have like, that written down I'm, in my like, notes. I'm like brilliant brilliant what do you do with a child actor when you're going to be doing movies every three years they allowed so obviously you've seen the movie yes. they've allowed the character to age because she's younger and she's going to age, and in five years she's going to look different, or three or five years, the other actors can they'll look, look a very, little different. Very, they, but they'll look very similar. It's always tricky when you're doing this. It was very of, smart. Very no, very immortals smart. and vampire shows. It's like ee, when they start getting older, you know. Again, special effects are getting better, but then it becomes expensive. Like what you're, every scene in the movie that they're in, they have to have a special effect. So I liked the film. It is flawed. I will watch it again, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I think I've covered, you know, I mean, we'll get into some details here. What did you think? Because I think you maybe dislike this more than I do. I love this movie. Okay. I thought this movie was everything I wanted. It was cinematic. It was layered. Uh, there's a lot of th- uh, theming. It theming. There, It's very dense. It's very, very dense. 
Like we could, I could watch that again and trying to figure out where they lie in history and what that means. There's a lot of good uh, uh, theme in it. Uh, you know, not that you normally get that with a Marvel movie. You don't get like, what's the deeper meaning to Endgame? Like half the pot. Like you don't get that with Marvel movies. But with this movie, you got it. You get the whole, uh, you get the whole idea about human beings are actually worthy and we should love ourselves more and be kind to ourselves more. And it's very Doctor Who-esque. Like, you get to see us from an alien perspective. I love the whole idea of Ajax going, hey, we should actually save these humans. They saved half of the galaxy. No, I like population. that. I like it's that. brilliant. I was like, that's great. I like this movie also sets up the future for the MCU. Now, we get uh, WandaVision and Loki, and they start talking about the, the multiverse and all that. And that's great. I'm all That's exciting. But this is the first movie that I feel, or the first step in the next phase. Second. That, what's that? Second. No, but the first movie. Oh, I think it's the second movie. I think there's a... Black Widow really set that up for you? No, Shang-Chi set Shang-Chi up a, really set that up for you? It sent, it sent an, uh, a signal off into space. But, that's gonna... but that's the end of the movie. This one was like, with the Celestials, with, uh, you know, there's Eternals on their planet. This really set up like, But that's the end hey, of the movie. That's not the end of the movie. That's the whole movie in itself. That's the whole the idea that the Celestials are the, another like the big bad. This is like Guardians of the Galaxy having Thanos as a villain in it somewhat, where it's like, oh, you're really now giving us the big universe versus just a glimpse at the end or something like that. I, that's why I thought this was a really good setup because I'm really I don't know where the next phases are going because like I said the multiverse, the quantum realm, the, uh, the there's big bags that you know um, uh, the big bag from Loki. Kang, I would say that's. But this is like I think Phase Five is going to be the Beyonder. They're going to do Secret Wars, and I think that signal that was sent off in Shang Chi was was about the Beyonder. And I think the Celestials we're going to find out are trying to get things organized because they know there's this creature out there called the Beyonder who's more powerful than them. That's my guess based on nothing. Could be Galactus too. I mean, but like this is like this is setting up a big bag. The Celestials coming back. It's a big bad. So I like that. They're just forces of nature. That's really what they are. Well, that's just it. When I say big bad, what's interesting about this movie is there's no bad guy in this movie. It is really interesting. Like, you could say Icarus, maybe, but like he was outside of him killing Ajax, which is like, ooh, that's pretty bad. He's not a bad guy. He's he's following his what he's he following was Ajax to do. orders. This in, for not just for like oh the last year or two. It's like no no seven thousand years she's chosen to do this, and then just five years ago she goes ah oh, I think it's okay now. So yeah, any, so it's... any blame you put on him, you have to put on her. Uh, the only I, I think she's actually now that I think about it, I think the character of Ajax is also a male in the comics. I think they they did that too. Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just I'm just remember reading that somewhere, and I believe the truth. But yeah, it, it's she's. Yeah, his bad thing is killing her. Here's my question to you. This is my one, if you, since you are, I'd like this movie a little more than I do. And again, I do like this movie. Don't take, you know, don't take it wrong. I'm not putting it like you did. You put it as the number one Marvel movie. I guess yeah. that's your thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Okay, so help me to figure this out. So he hears that this is, you know, the, the world's ending in seven days. So then he goes and he kills her. In a way that then he has to then go. What was his justification of not just killing her? And then he wanted to make it day- look like the deviants. Yeah, seven days go by. They don't see each other for centuries at a time. What was the point of him 
first off, did he not? He, I, I'll give you the fact that he wanted to have it make it look like it was the deviants, and then that would be something that then he's going to go spend time collecting them over the course of seven days. It just it felt a little like if he didn't do anything. Well, she would if she if, other she than killing was, other than killing her other than killing if he her. killed her. Then, then it's like, okay, well, six days, five days, four days. Hey, I got a call from Cersei saying about the earthquakes. So, okay, we'll look into that. We'll bounce around. And then by the third day, we, you know, three days left, oh, my God, there she's dead here, and we'll go that route. Maybe you know? the I could uh, – well, uh, what, I'll justify this. Maybe the deviants, since they were coming out, they were attacking, and the groups would the group would have gotten back together anyways because the deviants are around. They would have went and visited Ajax. It seemed like there was only a few of them, and they were actually – if you, if I recall here, they weren't actually after the Eternals until they actually killed Ajax, and then all of a sudden now they were specifically targeting to get their powers, the other Eternals. So they would have been killing other humans randomly, and you know who knows? Maybe. I, just, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I'm trying. I'm trying a, to find. A, I'm trying to find a moment here that justifies why he set this ball in motion and then kept organizing them and helping them versus just letting it go. If that's what his goal was at the end, it felt like a turn that didn't get justified by his actions. Is my point. I think this even goes further with one of the, one of the flaws is the deviants because again, not bad guys. They were just created and they evolved and they changed. And so the, the deviants and They're different in the book, the leader crow, uh, crow, I believe his name, crow. What is his name? You know all the deviants' names. <laughs> Crow, K R O, the big, the the head deviant. They didn't get developed enough. I mean, they developed. They got wings, and but they didn't get. We didn't get to go in depth with them, so we didn't get their motivation or like the. We didn't sympathize with them enough, and I thought that would have added some to the story. Uh, so yeah, going back to this, my liking of this, I thought the. I could have used a little more comedy, but God dang it, Kamal is so funny in this movie. When he does his Bollywood dance, Jerry, I was hollering. That was so funny. The way he does his eyebrows and everything is just just uh, uh, amazing. So I thought he was very funny, and I thought his his uh, valet, his valet, Karan, uh, uh, was awesome as well. I thought it was a different perspective, and I really like that. Uh, but there wasn't as much humor in this as a normal Marvel, Marvel movie, I would say. But I like that though. I thought it was different. What else do I got? So that's why that's why I like the movie. There's a lot to go in there. Now I have individual things I would like to talk about and get your opinion on. I will allow it. The first one uh, being, how did you feel that Kamal's character, whose name is uh, Kingo, was not in the end battle? I read about this, and it was desi- it was done for the reason uh, they wanted to show that it's not all black and white. Like some people mm-hmm. have beliefs, and he had his beliefs, but his beliefs were different than Ajax. And the fact that they wanted to show somebody going, listen, I believe the same thing he does. I just won't hurt somebody to follow through on it, but I also won't defend it. I'll just walk away. And I believe that's why they did it. Uh, and it was it was strange that they just took him out like that, but I understand afterwards why they did it. Again, you've got ten main characters, not counting Dane Whitman's character, you know, played by Kit Harrington, who's a, that's a whole separate thing we'll talk about. So you have ten characters, you take out two, you still have eight characters, you know, and and to tell all their stories, they kind of had to figure out like we have to remove a few of these people out of the, out of the book. So out of the movie. And I, I think that's exactly why they did it. And I actually liked that they did it because it gives you something to think about. This character is not 
not everyone's two. He's three dimensional, and you have to look at it that way. I, I thought that was really a really good play on their part. Did they mention in this movie? Did they say that global warming is being caused because of the emergence of the celestial? The ice caps are melting because of the emergence of the celestial, and that's what freed the deviants. Uh, it was the earthquake that freed the deviants. Well, it was the, it was the melting of the ice caps. Uh, that caused the worldwide earthquake? I don't remember that being said. Well, no, the earthquake was a part of it. There, no, the, the emerging of celestial is because is the, the earthquakes are a side effect of the emerging of the celestial the same way it's heating up and it melted the ice caps, which released the deviants. And I was like, that's interesting. They, they Instead of global warming being, you know, this, this movie's been panned a lot. Like, this is a woke movie. It's so diverse. But they're also like, oh, yeah, no, it's not global warming because of humans. It's because the celestial is <laughs> coming out of the center of the planet and heating it up. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, I, that's cool. I'm Different take on things. I'm for it. I also... Uh, like the idea of the celestial being in the inside the planet. It reminded me of the Doctor Who with their, the moon is an egg. Yeah, this was taken from a comic book series called Earth X by Alex Ross about 15 years ago. It wasn't so much an eternal story, but they took that element that that's where the eternals come from inside the planet. Celestials. Like yes, I'm sorry, the celestials. Did the mention of the earthquake in Avengers Endgame, is that connected to this? No. That You think that's Namor? Or just an earthquake, yes. Well, then she goes. I have to. I'm going to go investigate an yes. earthquake underneath the water. Okay, I didn't know if that was connected in any way. It could be, but it probably isn't. You're probably right. Uh, speaking of the celestial, I really hope sometime in another Marvel movie they use that celestial as a set piece to do action on of some sort. So, did they kill that celestial? Yes. So. That's the weird part because they go through this whole thing about you know billions of lives and billions of planets and stuff, and yet they still killed it at the end. Well, yeah, the the thing was if that's why there's no bad guys because it's a tough situation. You let the celestial come out and it murder it kills everyone on Earth, but the celestial then goes creates a sun and then creates multiple suns and that's where more life springs up. So you're sacrificing billions of lives for hundreds of billions of lives. And that's where it's it's an intra it's it's a black it's not black and white it's a very complex situation but that's where Ajax was like yeah you can't sacrifice the humans they saved half the <laughs> the galaxy so you know what's interesting is also the the, the level of scale is mm-hmm. it's hard to you know you, you look at the scale and they show like when a human shows up in front of the judge eternal and you see how huge he is but. It's and it gets a little confusing when you see that end shot and they kind of show a little bit of the curvature of the Earth while they show in the, the Eternal coming out from the Earth's planet, but in reality, that's not that big. I mean, it'll destroy, but it's probably you know the size of Japan. Yeah, it was hard to get the the could, feel because I always I always look like like when you see in the sequences where Ajax and then later Cersei goes to the Eternal and they're talking and. The scale-wise, you could still see the human humanoid mm-hmm. character in front of them, which says, "Okay, it's big. It's the size of a city, if that." But I mean, it's not, you know, the size of a continent. Well, the two other times they showed scale was when one, when we see a celestial emerging from Earth, they actually like kind of show what it's going to look like, and it looked as big as Earth. 
like you see the hand coming out very unicron like yeah and then uh and then we get the other side of scale at the end when you actually get to see the celestial over the horizon talking to people which but that's still was, hard to tell which was one too. of the coolest looking scenes that's in any marvel movie i love that that's where that's gives me hope for galactus and things like that but yeah it was hard to place where their size was now here's a here's a thought I had that I think you're gonna be like this doesn't matter why are we even talking about it I, but I I'm usually so, think that you know, it's very true and but I've never seen anyone talk about this so we have our we have our first first deaf character in the MCU uh, played by Lauren Ridloff who is in Walking Dead she was in The Sound of Metal I think she's fantastic I, so much so that without looking at a screen he's gonna tell us what that character's name is right now go Macari damn it he got it. Well, I also took notes for this point. So Makari, who is deaf, what? How does she, how does she communicate with people, Jerry? She can look at their mouths and well, but like, what does she like? What does she do? You're talking about sign language. She uses sign language. What kind of sign language, Jerry? I don't. Are they speaking English, Joel? They're speaking English, yes. But they could have been the plant that could be translated for us as an audience just to make everyone speak English. But she's speaking American Sign Language. I don't care. Oh, good Lord. They're all speaking English. Some of them, why does Ajax have a Hispanic accent? That's because the character of Selma Hayek has an accent. No, no, but, and I agree with that, and it's diverse and it represents people. And But like I said, it's her the, accent. the movie her, could her be American translated. Sign language is her accent. The movie could be translated for us as the viewing audience. But. That means is she the, are they translating the sign language for us? Let me ask. You. I just thought it was an interesting concept. Yeah. Like you can be like You're maybe right. she, maybe she was this? the maybe she was the formation of sign language, and then I was like, but there's different sign languages. There's German yeah. sign language. There's Chinese. Like there's different there's different sign languages. So why American sign language? And it's like don't worry about that. That being said, because I, I did some research, she did create sign language for the different characters because there's no sign language built for people's names like Gilgamesh and things like that. So they did create sign language for this movie. But for the most part, she's Two uses things American since you brought language. up her character. Or three things. First off, the speed effect, even though it was used very, very limited, was incredible when it was done. I still have one problem with that, though, before you hop on to the next thing you want <sighs> to say. The one problem I have is... The one problem I have is Icarus is not Superman. He doesn't have super speed. How is he able to stop her if she's thinking super fast and can dodge things? You you couldn't. We've talked about that. A speedster is always the strongest there is. Yes, unless they're just punching a rock, which is what he is supposed to be. So, Number two, now that you've maybe screwed up here, uh, I knew you were going to do this to me, and I said, but, uh, so is she, I mean, again, the Eternals are created by the Celestials. Are the Celestials creating flawed characters flawed engines is her not speaking in the context of the story i'm not talking about the diversity of showing somebody who is deaf having a part in all the wonder of that that's wonderful in the real world in the reality of the fantasy world justify the deafness of one of his creations yeah, that, I mean, that's, it brings up that question. And I, or is I it don't a question we're answer. not allowed to talk about anymore? No, I mean, but I think there could be, there's easy, there's easy one, you know, one line answers of going. But no one's given one yet. She's like, been, she's she been dead? memory wiped so many times it's caused defects the way it caused a defect in uh, Athena's memory. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I mean, that's, you know, or is it the fact that you're not supposed to say it's a defect? And, you know, that's, that's the, the politics of it and that aspect of, of like, oh, you know, 
don't worry about that. If you accept a guy who can fly, you can accept this. And I understand that. But within the context of the story, come up with the justification why it is other than just to say because we're all equal and it doesn't matter. It's like that's not – No, I agree. It doesn't work. When you're why, dealing, with, the, it, when Jerry, you're dealing is... with these with a creature that created these things, everything has a justification. Why did he create Sprite as a child? Did they get? Did they explain? They that? never explained that. You know why does she, why that's does, a part why, of does the movie, why does Gilgamesh or why does Faustus Faustus is overweight versus Icarus is super strong? You know, like what's the you know? I mean, obviously we have a diversity of, of people in the movie. So well, this goes back to again why where I started. She does sign language. Yeah, we covered that. I know. But this goes back to your why. Where did she learn sign language? Did everyone have to take a sign language class at some point? You know, to learn how to communicate yeah, with let's her. Let's not go down it's, that again. I know you don't want to go down that path. And I'm I'm saying the same thing. Like the same way you go is the deafness a flaw? I'm just in looking for her. a reason for it. And okay. And then here's the other thing with her. Last thing with uh, Makari's character. So a deaf person isn't mute they clearly you know for the most part as far as i've known my knowledge comes strictly from watching children of a lesser god and movies uh when someone is deaf they can still use their vocal cords they do not necessarily uh or at least i mean especially her character on walking dead she's never uttered a sound i don't know if she's mute as well that's that's but but when but she does a scream in this movie when drew gets beat she screams but it's a weird, uh, you know, I don't know if that's her voice or if that's how it's represented. Because she does scream, but it's a muted uh, sound. And I always, I was always curious about that. Because when you've heard deaf people speak, Marley Maitland and other ones on television shows, obviously they, there's, a, there's a different sound in the voice because they can't hear their own voice and how people develop with that sound. And it always made me wonder when I watched this, it, it, I, I, when she screamed out and we did hear a sound, I thought to myself, I was like, if you scream without ever hearing your voice, would you scream differently, or is or is it a primal sound like all screams would sound the same? I don't know. This is just a small moment I was thinking about because she did that in the movie, and it was the first time I've heard that actress utter a sound. So, no. What does a, it have to do that, with American Sign Language? I know what you're going to say. That, no, no. That's that's a that's a great question. I I don't know. There is a a great movie that came out two years ago or last year. It was nominated for Academy Awards called Sound of Metal. I recommend it for if anyone's interested in a movie about someone who loses their hearing and becomes deaf and what the deaf community feels about things like cochlear implants and things like that. It's a really wonderful movie. It actually was my dark horse to win Best Picture, but it never would have. But if you want to delve into something, it's a really good movie that touches on the subject of hearing loss and the deaf So what really worked for you in the movie? I mean, we can go through the timeline. But you know, obviously, we we don't. I movie's love, not in chronological order. I, I love, and, and I love forth. that. I love that it wasn't chronological order. I love that we went back in time because you, if you've ever listened to our podcast when we did Agents of Shield and things like that, I was always like, "This is the furthest the MCU has ever gone." Yeah, back. I thought about that. Other than I was, the I thought Thor about movies, you saying that when I watch this movie. Other than the Thor movies, uh, that you, we only get so far back in the MCU. Now we've we've gone significantly farther back, and I love that. I love seeing the history of the human race, how it's being affected by superheroes and like, how does that work? I love that kind of stuff. I thought Druig's power when he makes everyone's eyes glow and they look was haunting and wonderful at the same time. I thought that was, I thought that really Again, worked Again, he's well. normally the villain and that's what was interesting that they played away from that and switched it to Icarus. I thought S- Sprite being in love with Icarus was an interesting twist because it's like, 
Oh, she's a kid. She's not a kid. She's super old. But then that makes me go. Then that makes me question people, uh, you know, falling in love with humans. And it's like, Cersei, you're thousands of years old, and the human you're in love with, we don't know. Maybe differently, or this could be a, a mystical or Fastos who got married and has a child. Yeah, same argument. And it's like. They're thousands of years younger than you. They're like children to you. Like, oh, it's a Highlander <laughs> thing, though. That's that's, that's nothing new. People I know, are... and, but I can like I said with Cersei and with Dane, they could have met mystically. Like, how does the like, two superheroes just randomly meet without knowing they're superheroes? Like his introduction in this movie. Let's talk about this. For sure. We're talking about Kit Harrington who played Dane Whitman. And do you did you know anything, or did you look it up afterwards to know who Dane Whitman is? Uh, uh, my good friend Jeff, who watched the movie with me, he leans over and goes, "That's the Black Knight." And, and then I, I I don't know much about the Black Knight, but I pieced a lot of it together just by knowing it's yeah. Arthurian. So basically, an ancestor of Dane Whitman was actually one of the Knights of the Round Table, Piercy, Sir Piercy, I believe it was. And in the comic books, that's based on that. The we had an early mention in the movie when. Thena was fighting, and she had Excalibur, and Sprite goes, is that the Ebony Blade? She goes, no, this is uh, Ex- Ebony, excuse me, Ebony Blade. She goes, no, this is Excalibur. I got it from Merlin, Arthur, and it's mentioned that, and I've heard people speculate that would make Merlin maybe back then the Sorcerer Supreme during that time period. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. Mm, give me that. Give me that movie that takes place and in then Camelot. the character of Black Knight is actually the nephew or the son of another Black Knight who in the comic books was a villain. The, oh, his uncle. His uncle was a villain. Which they mentioned in this movie. Yeah, so, and that is the blade we see at the end of the movie in the... What does the ebony blade do? The ebony blade, it's one of those ones where it's kind of like captures the souls, it's evil, it can control. It, it depends on, I don't know how they're going to go with an MCU. So there's, yeah. there's different layers of that. Uh, well, since we're talking about that moment, which is the second, this is the end, end credit credits sequence. Yep. We'll get to the mid credit sequence in a little later. So did you know who the voice was? Nope, because it was not mentioned when I saw the movie. So when that voice came on, my first reaction was, is that Nick Fury? Then I was like... Other people said that. I, thought I was like, why didn't they show Nick Fury then? I thought, even though I knew it wasn't the character, I thought it sounded like the, whose name is escaping now, who plays the Watcher. Yep, the Watcher. It was the, the same Watu. thing. And... um but obviously, we found out that it is Mahershala Ali who is playing Blade, which the character is who has Blade, awesome. and this is a Blade, and and that's a confirmed thing. The director came out and said yes. that. So this is the first, you know, reference towards that. I kind of wish the director didn't say anything though. We left it up in the air. Yeah, for... it would have been it would have been revealed. People, you think so? Oh, it yeah. been sleuthed out. Yeah, no, I thought that what a what a great introduction. I thought it. I, I it's his story. It's is, great. It's all gonna go down. Yeah. So the fact that they even did the Black Knight in this movie, which you could take that character right out. Of course, Especially yeah. when you got the, the fact that they even give it as much screen time as they did give him is phenomenal how Marvel is realizing, because that's not a character that has a, like a big connection with the Eternals. As far as I know, it's more of, he's more of an Avengers character, second tier, third tier Avengers character. So I wondered how much of that came from Marvel and say, hey, we want to tell this Eternals movie, let's throw the Black Knight in there because we want to introduce another character who will have you know relevance down the road they I just wanted sure. kid harrington and richard madden together on it's screen the first again. time they've been on screen since the pilot of game of thrones because they were and they never were all on fighting over the again. love of cersei yes, yes. no that. i thought that was I, it's great i'm looking forward to what they're going to do with the black knight again this movie has set up a lot of things and i'm really excited about it well so let's talk about the mid-credit scene set up so except our, for this scene our three characters who were in the spaceship uh, Druid, Druid, Thena, and Cersei, right? 
Yes. They're off. No, Cersei stays. No, uh, Druid, Thena, and the Speedster. Small. Oh, no, the Speedster, yeah. Makari. Uh, Makari. So they're going off, and somebody transports onto their ship a very... I was excited to see the character, but then I was also horrified at the same time. We were hearing Patton Oswalt's voice. A a deepened, though. Not they much. like lower. They lower not the. Not much. Not octave. much that you didn't go like. Yeah, that's Remy from Ratatouille. That's Modoc. Yes, that's I, and I. Yes, that's, which is uh, fine. That's the. That's the. Uh, you know, that's back what's in his the name 80s from uh, Agents of Shield on the Goldberg. Yeah, so he, he does a lot of narrating. Fine. He shows up as a character that was. I'm like, I went to Nick sit next to me. I go, Oh my God! They brought Pip the Troll. It's not Pip. It's Pip the Troll, Joe. That's Pip how you say it. Yes. Pip the Troll, who's a character that's actually more associated and connected with Adam Warlock than any other character. So and we know gonna, we're going to get some Adam Warlocks. Yeah. So he shows up, and then in, as, as cool as I thought it was, then I was immediately horrified by the terrible CG version. What was up with that CG? It was, it was awful. Awful. It was like this... It's the, a video game the, CG. The deviants looked more believable, and they were just all squiggly worms and stuff like and that. And we know... Which we, I think we have, worked sometimes, and most times it did We have a tree called Groot. We have a raccoon called Rocket. I, we've seen... We've seen CG characters in the Marvel you know, Power of the Duck. Thanos. Thanos. There's a humanoid one right there. This That's one, humans. like this, like the first time we see Thanos, isn't as good as later, obviously, but like it still looked good. This. Well, the first looked... time we see Thanos, it wasn't even CG. That was makeup on the guy. It's when we see Josh Brolin's Thanos that it's actually CG. This we've seen Hulk obviously a bunch. This yeah. was terrible. Terrible. Unex- unexcusable. Like they need to come out and be like. Yeah, we're redoing it for the home release or something because it just was bad. So he introduces a character after him. This was the actor I knew was in it. The uh, the actor Harry Styles. Harry Styles from I'm sure some sort of NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Menudo, One Direction, New Kids on the Block. No, there might have been more than One Direction. He might have gone a lot of different directions. I mm-hmm. don't know, but uh, he shows Ooh. up. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, they weren't all happy days. Okay, uh, <laughs> he shows up as Eros. AKA Star Fox. This is another character who was in Avengers for the longest time in the 80s. This is Thanos. I love Star Fox half, video game. And he was this great. is Thanos's half brother, and he's another Eternal. Now people question how can he be Eternal? How can Thanos be Eternal? We've seen the Eternal uh, in, in the comics. The Eternals are a race, and some of them left Earth to go to the, the moon Titan around Saturn and have a colony. And we saw that in event in infinity war when Thanos showed it, there's different alien races there. So it's showing that the Eternals, which we're also told in this, like they're, they're the sun, they're the children of Eternals, but we were told that the Eternals are non reproductive capable. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably introduce us on that. But I was just excited. Like, Oh my God, there's Star Fox. This is they're robots. Eternals are robots. It's starting to get some deep cuts from Marvel. I mean, first I saw Pip the troll and then I saw arrows. So I'm like, Holy cow. Things you never think you're going to see on the movies, and then, bam! There and I'm and, and I do love that. I was thinking though, after this movie, when you're getting introduced to all these B and C characters that no one knows, it's like, oh, when Thor, Love and Thunder, or when Doctor Strange, like when they bring back some of the big names again, it's going to be refreshing. Yeah. So, uh, I enjoyed both those sequences. They got me excited for where the future is going here, and. I, again, I, I think the actors, all the actors did a, a fine job. I'm not an Angelina Jolie fan at all, and I thought she was very well, the right amount of her. I thought everything was good there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, people talk, Angelina Jolie movies. I mean, I know the, the movie I've seen her in was the first Maleficent movie. And then I guess I saw 
You've uh, seen her in other movies. Uh, I saw, I saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay, that's what I want to talk about. People reference Mr. and Mrs. Smith Salt. all the time. And I'm like, that was an okay movie that I've watched once. But I hear people talk about that movie in reviews and online and videos. Like, like they put it on a level that I'm like, that movie wasn't. No, I agree. It was, it was, it was also box office wise. It was just, it was okay. The, the box office didn't do anything to blow up anything. They didn't make any more of them. It's in the same box office level as like Hancock. Not even that much, actually. It's like Angela Jolie. Name a bunch of movies that you go like, oh yeah, she's she was great in Hackers. You yeah, know? I'm look. I, I'm actually looking through her movies right now. And I have her in there's a Beowulf, Pushington, I, uh, Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, her her big breakout. I want to say breakout, but Tomb Raider, Lara Croft. She played Croft, Croft, Lara Croft, Croft. Yeah, got him old. Uh, she was in the that awesome movie, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, but like she's had two Maleficent movies. Those have been box office successes. She was in a movie that should have been way, way better. Another comic book movie that was. We love the book. The movie should have been way, way better because the movie went away from the book. What do you think it is? I, my mind is thinking about Salt right now. I don't know why. Wanted. Yeah. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah. I guess I've seen a bunch of films, but none of her films. I think the Maleficent one might be her biggest box office draw one. I mean, that's. I, 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 she was in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> that doesn't count. No, don't, don't. That's a, she's one element of it. I'm just saying, as far as like a box office superstar, she's been raised up higher based on I think being a celebrity couple. And she's also uh, uh, she's also a music uh, a music artist. That that's that's big too. Like she can cross she cross genres, and there's not met. So there's what some are people you have done talking it. about? Angelina Jolie. What she are you did music. About? Name it. I don't know the songs. Name any song she's done. Go look it up online. I have no idea what you're talking about, her being a musician. This is going to be interesting. I have a feeling you are thinking of somebody else. I'm looking. You may be right, but... Oh, I, 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 that's, I had to stop this here because I know there's people online going, like, what are you talking about? Music. I'm waiting for an article. She did Come music Angelie credits. Jones. She was in music videos. Oh, she was just, uh, she was in music videos. She didn't sing music. <laughs> who am I thinking of? I don't know who you're thinking of. She's, she's big because the music. I'm like, 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 I want the record scratch. What? Yeah, no, don't put that in there because now I feel. <laughs> no, no, no. I know it's okay because it's like, I want to know who you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, who am I thinking of? Yeah, Joel, I'll take it out because I know that you listen to these. There was, no, there's like them. a famous, there was a, she does music and she does movies. Are uh, you thinking of J-Lo? Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. Yep, that's who I'm thinking of. I had a yeah, because she's she's that one who's like, on a movie wise, is always yeah. considered bigger than what it actually is. It's like, she's a celebrity. Gen- Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer ah. Lopez was with you know because she's because she married or dated Ben Affleck, and she had her first movie. Selena made her big, and then she became a thing, and she had the yeah the music. So yeah, I can, and then I, I was I gonna totally go down this whole path of like, and then they, now we have Harry Styles making that crossover oh. for music. And uh, ah. Angelina Jolie just got that famous song "Angie on the Block." <laughs> Damn it, she was in Meatloaf's uh, music video. You know why Angelina Jolie's famous? Because her father is John freaking Voight. Oh, that helps. It does help. It's huge, huge. She's driving around in John Voight's car. Get that reference. Seinfeld. Matter boy. All right. So again, we talked about the money. This is uh, this is doing well. Uh, I think this is a it's a flawed good film. I 
uh, not going to rank 26 films. This one would be middle of the road to lower end, having watched it just one time. Well, let me ask you. One out time. Of the, out of the last couple movies to come out, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, this one, where is it? I, again, I've only watched Shang-Chi once. I uh, watched this once, and I've watched Black Widow one and a half times. None of these three films, again, they're having to follow the Avengers films and Spider-Man. That's hard to do. These three films are in the same category for me as the Black Panther, Captain Marvel. They're in that world of I enjoy all of them. I think Black Panther is probably better than the ones that we've talked about here in that group. I think Captain Marvel's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, this might be at the bottom of all of those. I, I mean, Shang-Chi is right there with that because there's, there's parts of Shang-Chi that I really like and parts that are flawed. Black Widow... Is a, is a solid film. I I don't know why I have hesitancy on that film other than... because it has no consequences. Nah, I don't think that's it. I don't it came say, out at the wrong say, time. I don't want to say that. I don't think that's... I, I, I think that's, totally that's, that's what I, it is. But I'm trying to judge a movie on the movie, and you're, you're bringing stuff oh, to the movie. So well, as a film, walking into it, if you show if you were to show it to somebody who has not watched them right now, they'd be like, yeah, that's great. Oh, but then you'd have to explain, eh, it's not good because it came out three years too late, and they go, but it was great because I enjoyed it. And then you go, no, you're not allowed to because it came out late. So I don't, I don't think I can't. Well, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed every Marvel movie, so I can't. Yeah, I, know, I would I never place it on that. Like, so how I, high would you put this movie? Would you put this in the realms of Guardians of the Galaxy One, Spider Man Homecoming? I really enjoyed this movie. Like, you I thought it, it was you put so it above different. Ant Man movies. I thought it was so different from a Marvel movie perspective, and I thought it was. I could watch this movie. I will watch this movie multiple times, and I will enjoy it. Now, going back to my question about the last th- couple movies, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and this is the best out of those three, okay. in my opinion. I will say I this, also as, a, think, as a team movie, and I think, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to cut you off, and as a team movie and a team books and stuff, that's one of the reasons why I always read The Avengers and I read The X-Men and all the X-Books, is because you have so many characters that if I don't like a character... I don't have to worry about it. They're going to get off that character within five minutes or a couple pages, and I'm going to be on somebody else, and I will find it. So that is an advantage for this movie is if you don't like a character, you don't want to spend a lot of time with them. Like, don't worry about it. We're not going to spend time with them. Versus if you're watching Captain Marvel or Ant-Man, if I don't like that character, you know, you're going to screwed because that's the main focus of the character. Well, it's funny that you like Ant-Man. You bring up a lot of these ones. A lot of the solo ones are origin movies. This one's already you're diving into the Eternals. It is an origin movie. It's to totally an origin movie. It, it no, it is, but it isn't. You're already in the adventures. They've already had their superpowers. These are already people ready, primed, and ready to rock and roll. Versus, you know, you have, I'm not saying those are bad movies. It's just the formula. You get a, these solo movies where it's origin stories, where well, they don't have their the same as Batman '89. And... He starts a movie where he's Batman, but then you get his origin kind of through the movie. So, and that's a great movie. We all <laughs> love Batman '89. Yes. Who are you? I'm Batman. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Any particular characters did you like or didn't like? Did you like that? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nanjiani. He worked out and got himself so buffed up so that, his, so that his arms looked buffed. <laughs> that, that was probably the biggest shame of the movie. He never took his shirt off. He got so jacked and he never. <laughs> I loved Gilgamesh, the actor who played it. This was his first big American film. He was the big, tough, awesome guy in Train to Busan, which mm-hmm. is that Korean train zombie movie which is he's awesome in that so i thought he did great in this yeah i think this movie uh the pacing i I like the slowness of it the world building the epic scale of it i just 
Give it to me. It was great. Do you, I do you like our this. hero slash villain suicide by burning up in the Weird. Sun? I need more. I don't think he died. It doesn't matter. They can bring him back because they've got everybody's memories. And they well, that's just it. I, that's body. also the thing. Like, oh, no, they killed Gilgamesh, the robot who has his memories stored someplace else. Selma Hayek said she's already signed for a three-picture deal. Did she? Yeah. That's and that awesome. could just be flashbacks because those characters can keep going back in time and she could show up that way. Oh, she, yeah. And she can elegance it from Empire Strikes Back. They could be in World War II. They could be in – and they like, I'm, I'm all for it. This is this is a cool a cool universe. Now, I read somewhere online, and I, I think I would agree with someone, the, the person that said this. They should have made Eternals into the TV show and Falcon and the Winter Soldier into the movie. Nah. And I was like – Interesting, because you would get more time to develop the characters with a TV I, show. I, I agree in the fact that I think for most team things you could do that, because we're seeing the long-played TV series play out that way. Guardians of the Galaxy, think about that as a eight episodes where we got to introduce to all the characters would be better, too. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's just by the nature of having so many characters in it. It's going to be better that reason. Maybe, but this also eternal spans a greater sense of time. So, you know, we're we're obviously going into Guardians of the Galaxy with Star-Lord, who is 30-something or whatever, and, you know, that's... Don't worry, because in three years on Disney+, Plus it'll be uh, the Time Adventures of Gilgamesh, and they'll have a, a mini-series of him I'm for through it. those time periods. I'm, I'm all for it. Maybe not necessarily Gilgamesh's character, but, like, I could totally go for a, a movie with Drew, uh, with Droog. Okay, so this does well. They're going to do another Eternals. Let's, let's say they do that. Do they get Chloe Zahn? Is she locked in to have to do another one? Or they go another... Because, again, I mentioned this only the fact that, obviously, you can bring in different directors. We had John Favreau do two Iron Men, and then we switched it up to Shane Black. And we've had, you know, the same act director do two Ant-Man movies, but Doctor Strange is getting two different directors. So it's not locking in uh, directors with franchises. Captain America had Joe Johnson, and then they switched to the Russo brothers. Thor switched up a bunch. Exactly, exactly. So, so but... In retrospect to that, I'm saying that this film has a very distinct, I'll say, Chloe Zahn feel. I mean, she she really, I mean, this felt like you've seen No Man Land, you've seen her films more than I. Mm-hmm. Is it does it feel more specific to her versus oh, like, the next film will also have the same look and it'll just be a different director? The only feel, I mean, I gotta I gotta really look at that because the only feel that I felt was the the pacing and the and the the slow, calm moving forward of this movie is very Chloe. Uh, but then again, that that can be replicated. Well, and he, this doesn't. The next movie doesn't have to be slow. It can well, be action packed. So I'm okay with if she if she comes back, great. If she doesn't, that's fine. It just depends on if she has stories to tell with these characters that she wants to tell. I agree. Now here's my the reason. The only reason I think it's relevant is you can take a look at the Thor movies. How each Thor film has a different director and especially the last one and now and not, the fourth not one. like small they're, directors either those they're, are they're, big but those directors. they're gonna they're gonna be it's gonna be it's radically different but it's also going forward in the timeline so you can do that I'm saying if they do Eternals 2 and they have a different director with a different feel and that's the whole new field but this kind of a movie with eternal characters with immortal characters very similar to the vampires long-lived characters it is almost a guarantee that they're going to do flashbacks to the 7,000 years they spent together, it would be a waste of storytelling if you were not doing that at least once or twice in the next movie. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, even if you have a radically different director, do you, when you do the flashbacks, do you go back to the feel that she's created since that's the only consistent feel we have of that time period or would it stand out much more if you all of a sudden have a Taika Waititi do one and all of a sudden like well, these flashbacks don't fit into it as well but as But you do universe? have, you could go to the flashback where 
uh, I'm talking Kamal, more about the Kamal's Lord. character. Not, you can still have a comedy, but I'm yeah, saying... Yeah, Kamal's character goes back and hangs out with Odin, and we see Thor as a kid again, because they mentioned that in this movie. You could do that, and that could be directed by Taka Waititi. So, you know, there's... that. That's that's okay. fine. Um I don't. I. I'm. This. There are so many options with the Eternals, and I'm very happy that they started where they did because I don't know where they're going to go with them. I could see myself really liking some of these characters and being upset if they kill them off. It's. It's just a really a, a wide open thing for them to play with, and I think it really sets up the future for Marvel very nicely. Yeah. There's a lot more. I mean, honestly, I could nitpick and talk about this movie for another hour because there's so many characters so, but I want to get to I'm going to wrap it up here if you do too if you had to pick one of their powers to have <laughs> but ironically it's a funny thing you say that because in the comics they all have the same powers everyone has the same powers they can all do the illusion they can all fly they can all shoot lasers out of their eyes really yes but what happens in the comics that make it different is although they can all do it each one becomes specifically very good at what they do the one so like you know, Icarus is the best with the eyes and the fighting, and Druid is the best one controlling people. It's just that's how it is, and they've chosen here to not give that up. In other words, you would have ten people flying around in, in, in normally in the Eternals. That sounds amazing. So, I will leave uh, on a on what I think is a positive note. Even though I disliked, again, I'm not that invested in the character, but I did not. And the, and the turn was good for this one story, but for a longer picture of the character of Icarus having to, what I feel, redeem himself if you want that character to be a positive character, if that's what you want, which I thought you did because it seemed like you're creating this character who I spent the whole movie for and they did show this romance with Cersei. Like, I'm supposed to like this character and then all of a sudden he's kind of, he murders somebody, so we we, we dislike him. Actually, he murdered a robot. So um, uh, I will see how they they deal with him in the future. Again, you want to sell action figures of this character who's supposedly the hero, but then you watch the movie. The the Marvel Superman? Yeah. Uh, my what positive I will leave with here is every time he would go off and fly, come back forth, come landing. I've never seen flying done so well, and I'm, I'm talking even with Man of Steel, the way he would just lift off, and it was so there was no cut to something. I felt like a, a you know an edit had to cover something or a wire had to cover something. It was so effortless and seamless. I and he looked good too. every time. I mean, obviously they were really good with framing him around the sun in certain scenes. We saw it, so it looked even more heroic because he's Icarus coming out of the sun. I love that. I'm just talking parts where he would just stand there and he'd kind of like slowly turn and and he'd fly right off. It was just impressive mm-hmm. every single time. Special I, effects in this movie. I, I don't think the deviants were visually fun to <laughs> look at. Outside of Pip the Troll. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. Yeah, you know, the deviants never felt like they weren't all just CG. You know, there's never a point where they did it. But like the light effects and the light, all that, the weapons they were used, all that worked. And like I said, the speed effect works. The illusion effects work. The finger pistols was fine. All good stuff. The, as you said, the droogs using his powers to influence people. The eyes. All that's good. So. Well done on that. And yeah, I'll watch this film again, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. We could seriously talk about this for a long time. We can go into the we stories have. of Gilgamesh or Athena and what a the- Athena versus Athena. We can go into... There's so, this story is so dense, and I love it for it. And I hope you guys listening to the podcast here agree with that because it's cool to get that. It's not just surface-level stuff. It's not just... I remember in the early 90s, Gilgamesh was actually, for a time, he was an Avenger, and he was known as the Nameless One, because people would forget his name. It was a weird thing, but yeah. Awesome. I love it. I could talk more about this, but we're not going to, because we have other stuff to do today. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to let us know what you thought of the movie, or if we're completely off base, 
please do that. Again, as we always say, open up a window and just yell outside and we will hear you. Uh, but one thing we would like you to do is if you can go and rate us, throw a five-star rating at us, just say something nice or don't even say anything, but throw a rating towards us uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It will help other people find us. I know I was checking the feed the other day and all of a sudden somebody must have discovered us because like every episode got listened to. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. Somebody just discovered it and liked it or they're hate listening to it right now. I don't know. Or they have weeks to kill. Yes. So yes, please let a friend know and, and rate us. That's the best thing you can do for us. Our next podcast will probably be Hawkeye, which is coming up in just a few weeks, unless something else crazy happens. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, eternally yours, Jerry. <laughs> I'm Joel. We'll talk to you next time.